This is I Ask, They Answer on the Equine Forum on HRRN. And they're into the stretch, and Justify comes roaring home to a raucous Belmont Park with one furlong to run. Gronkowski and Hoffberg trying to run him down. Vito Rosso is fourth, a 16th to go. Justify is still there. Justify from Gronkowski. He's just perfect, and now he's just immortal. Justify is the 13th Triple Crown winner. Gronkowski was second, Hoffberg was third, and Vito Rosso was fourth. Justify has done it. Larry Comas with the call of the 2018 Belmont Stakes, a victory that cemented Justify's place in racing history. But is it the wrong decision to put the Triple Crown winner into the Hall of Fame? Plus, which of today's greatest stakes for three-year-olds is more likely to give us the winner of this year's Kentucky Derby? And Dale and Tim debate which legendary horses and jockeys did it best in the debut of a brand new segment here this morning. All of that and much, much more is straight ahead on this week's edition of I Ask, They Answer with trainer Dale Romans and turf rider Tim Wilkin and all presented by the University of Louisville Equine Industry Program and the College of Business. And it all starts just 30 seconds from right now. Learn the business of horses in the world's only accredited equine business program, the University of Louisville Equine Business Program. The University of Louisville has a legacy of excellence educating and developing industry leaders for over 35 years. Classes are taught by industry experts in state-of-the-art facilities located in the heartland of America's equine industry. The University of Louisville Equine Business Program. When it comes to horses, we mean business. For more information, visit business.louisville.edu equine. All right, guys, we did have a change to the schedule at Santa Anita this weekend. The races that were originally scheduled for day for today, Big Cap Day, the San Felipe, uh, those races now move to tomorrow, and then tomorrow's card moved to Monday. So we still have the three greatest stakes on the road to the Kentucky Derby this weekend. You have the Fountain of Youth and the Gotham today, and then the San Felipe at Santa Anita tomorrow. Let's start with this. Six horses have won both the San Felipe and Kentucky Derby. Five horses have captured the Fountain of Youth before winning the Derby, but only one horse has pulled off the Gotham Derby double, and he turned out to be, yeah, okay. His name was Secretariat. So if we were to put all of those horses in the starting gate together, going a mile and a quarter on the first Saturday in May, the field would look like this. From the Fountain of Youth, you would have Tim Tam, Kawai King, Spectacular Bid, Thunder Gulch, and Orb. From the San Felipe, Determine, Affirmed, Sunday Silence, Fusaichi Pegasus, California Chrome, and Authentic. All of those horses taking on the great Secretariat. So, Tim, I'm going to come to you first, and I'll ask you, are you taking Big Red or are you taking the field? It would be really tempting to take the field in here because, you know, you got a Triple Crown winner and Affirmed in there. You have a spectacular bid who was just awesome. But... I mean, Secretariat, and if we're talking about Kentucky Derbies, he still has the fastest time ever in the Kentucky Derby. Um, it would be it would probably be sacrilegious to pick against Secretariat because to how many people just think that he's the best horse that ever lived. Um, I would probably say Secretariat, but there's some awfully good horses in here. Um, Secretariat won his Derby by two and a half lengths. Of all these other horses in here, the horse with the 
biggest margin was was a spectacular bid with two and three quarters. And all of these horses were pretty well backed in their derbies. The only one that was a real bomb was Thunder Gulch. I mean, he was 24 to one. Uh, you know, Sunday Silence was, you know, his, he was phenomenal. California Chrome and his derby was really good. But, you know, put a gun to my head. I'm going to say come and get Secretariat. I don't know if you're going to get him. I'm taking Secretariat. Hmm. I'm going to make a lot of people mad, and I don't care. They can all bash me if they want to, Secretariat lovers. I'm going with the field. I think Spectacular Bid was a special, special horse. If Buddy hadn't ridden Ronnie Franco on that Belmont Park, he probably would have been a Triple Crown winner. He was a spectacular horse. Sunday Silence, a superstar. Another great horse. One of the greatest races of all time. If you ever watch a great horse race, go back and watch the Preakness, Sunday Silence, and Easy Goer. So all the lovers out there can bash me all you want. I'm taking the field. Alan Jerkins, my good friend, beat him twice. He said he always wanted to know why they didn't put him in the movie. <laughs> How about this? If you compare, and it's always difficult, right, comparing teams from different generations or different eras, but Secretariat and Affirmed and Spectacular Bid all ran in the 1970s. If you just look at their Preakness Takes victories, Secretariat completed the mile and three sixteenths in 153 flat. Affirmed and Spectacular Bid we're both over 154. Affirmed was 154.40. Spectacular bid, 154.20. That means the Secretariat would have beaten those horses. If you say that a, a fifth of a second is one length, he would have beaten those horses by about seven lengths. So it, if, if we're going to look at just the raw data, it's hard to go against Big Red, isn't it? It is. And it's you look at the uh, all these other horses' derby times, um, the the one closest to Secretariat was, uh, I believe, Affirmed, who ran about about a second, just about a second slower, a little bit less than a second slower than than uh, Big Red, um, and uh, Spectacular Bid Derby time was two o two and change. So I mean, it, I know time doesn't matter unless you're in prison, right? But yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's the only thing we can compare, right? I mean, yeah, but it's, I mean, Secretariat was, he breathed different air, I think. And uh, it would, I think it would be a great race, but I'm taking him. He was a great horse. I'm still taking the field. And harder than comparing eras is comparing times. You don't realize what the racetracks are like. It's not like uh, the same racetrack you run on in a track and field event every every week or every two weeks. There's so many variables going wind direction, uh the depth of the surface, uh, the sloppy or when it rained last time, you can't really, can never really compare time, especially over years. But I think uh, there's also a chance that Secretary might just laugh at them all. He could, he could, but I'm taking the field. Give me all those good horses. The whole get, setup yeah. would be different. He'd get pressure early. Uh, the whole thing would be could be totally different. But if you were gonna, you know, if you take the field, who's your favorite horse in the field? Bid? Probably a bid. There's two. Spectacular bid in Sunday Silence. No two firm, special huh? horses. I like the firm. You know, there's a good story about Firm Angel Cordero was working a firm before he ever ran. And he said he didn't like him. He said he was getting beat. I mean, he was beating the horses he was working with, but he barely outran anybody. And he said that uh, he went and told uh, 
last that he didn't want to ride him first time out and the exercise boy rode him and he won. And he said he came back to the barn and Laz was puffing on a big cigar. He always knew he was a special horse. How he knew it, he didn't know. And he said he was puffing on a big cigar. And he said, I guess you want to ride him now. <laughs> and, of course, he didn't end up riding him in the Triple Crown. Steve Coffin did, and the rest was history. But he was a horse, they said, would only run as fast as he had to to beat the horse next to him. So he could have been a great horse. Maybe he got in front of spectacular secretary and never let him pass. Yeah. You know, you know, people are always up in arms about the prices that racetracks will charge for big days, whether it's, you know, the Derby or the Preakness Belmont, whatever it is. How much do you think we could charge to see this race if it was actually happening? Well, it's because of the Belmont that we don't even know who's going to run in it sold out overnight. It's a ticket for as much as $700. So I think you'd get a pretty penny for this race. I'd pay <laughs> to go see it. I, I'd say it's got to be 20 times that. Yes. Hey, secondary market seats for the Belmont are into the thousands. So wow, was that? There you go. Um, wow, wow. Secondary market on this race <laughs> be like going to see Caitlin Clark play basketball now. <laughs> I yeah, like it, to do that, by the way. It, that would yeah. be amazing. Yeah, and it, it's a it, listen. This is fun to talk about too. It's it's an interesting debate, and you know, it, it's just too bad that we couldn't actually you know, make this thing happen, but it would be fantastic. And it's fun to, fun to kick around here on a Saturday morning. Guys, how about this one? When you look at the horses competing in the three greatest stakes this weekend, the Gotham Fountain of Youth or San Felipe, uh, which race is more likely to give us the winner of this year's Kentucky Derby? Tim, what do you think? You know, I guess I have to go with the Fountain of Youth because you can't say the San Felipe because there's five horses in it, and Bob Baffert has three of them, including the the, the would-be wonder horse, Nisos. And, you know, none of those three can, can run in the Kentucky Derby. So you toss the San Felipe because the other two horses in that, John Sadler Scatify from West Point and John Sheriff's McVeigh from um, – uh, they, they were third and fourth, very distant runners against Nisos and the Robert Lewis. And the Fountain of Youth, you know, that Dornot, who's uh, the full brother of Mage, is making his first start of the year in this race. Locke from Todd Pletcher was third in the Juvenile, is making his first start of the year. You would think that um, if any horse is going to win the Kentucky Derby, it would probably come out of that race. I mean, the Gotham. Since 1980, 48 horses have come out of the race, and none of them have won, and they've had two seconds. So I'm throwing out the Gotham, even though Brad Cox has four in there, and you got to always pay attention to what he has. But, um, yeah, I would say the Fountain of Youth, because another horse in there, Speakeasy, the, from Pletcher, who's also the trainer of Locke, he was an impressive maiden winner. Who knows what he might be like? So I think if there's if there's a, if one of these races is going to produce the Derby winner, which I don't, think but if one of them is it's, i'd say it's fountain youth definitely fountain youth you know dornak was on my team from last year if you remember that won uh, so convincingly our uh challenge that we had um rub it in rub it in some more yeah that was before i think he had ever even started but uh he got me quite a few points on the record-breaking point total um uh, <laughs> So, I mean, he's a serious horse, but you know, brothers have never won the Kentucky Derby. The closest that came around was Dolahan and Mind That Bird. And uh, he's a 
half brother last year's Derby winner. So can brothers win it two years in a row? I don't know, but definitely how these three races are found. You've got the strongest contenders that could compete in a Derby. Yep. Yeah. And I, I agree with Timmy's first point too. I think this would be a very easy call if Bob Baffert's horses were eligible to run in the Kentucky Derby because Niso certainly looks like he is the leader at this point anyways, in this three-year-old division. And um, the San Felipe would be a very easy call if indeed Baffert were able to participate, right? So the question might should have been, which one of these three races produces the Preakness winner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we know which way you're going there, Dale. Yeah. Right. There's a slam dunk there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, at least for now, it looks like Nysos is uh, the leader. We'll see if he continues on that path over the next couple of months. Uh, let's move on to a edition this Saturday morning of Right or Wrong, and then who did it best following this? That's a brand-new segment we're going to introduce on this Saturday morning. But right or wrong is the time that we get to say hello to our friend Nick Zito, and Dale and Tim get to tell me if the following statements are right or wrong. Yeah, right or wrong. Am I right? What do you think? Right or wrong. All right, what do you think? Dale, going to come to you first on this one. Triple Crown winner Justify is among the nominees for this year's Horse Racing Hall of Fame. Since the announcement, there have been plenty of people expressing the opinion that he doesn't belong on the ballot because of his short career and the controversy surrounding his Santa Anita Derby victory. Is it right or wrong for Justify to be among the finalists? What do you Slam do? dunk. Right or he wrong? Won. Oh, I hate stepping on Nick. Slam dunk. He won the Triple Crown. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Quit whining, people. He, uh... He didn't have a long career, but he had a pretty darn good one. He won all three. Any Triple Crown winner should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, don't do like you're doing Pete Rose. Look at his body of work. Not all the controversy around him. I agree 150,000% with Dale on this. Horse wins the Triple Crown, which is the three biggest races on U.S. soil. Those are the races that everyone wants to win, everyone wants to see. And if you win that, if, if you win that elusive crown, and I've been 13 horses that have done it, you go into the Hall of Fame. Um, all these people that are whining about the fact that, uh, oh, there was there was some controversy in the Sanity Derby. He shouldn't have won that race. Well, he did win the race. He still has the win. And he, he did run in the Kentucky Derby. The Churchill Downs isn't... In any position, they're not going to strip him of that win. It's deal, yeah. You live with that, man. It's he won the three biggest races. How can you not put him in the Hall of Fame? If he doesn't go into the Hall of Fame, everyone that didn't vote for him should ever, they never should never be allowed to vote again because that's ridiculous. All right. Well, there was another name on the finalist list that has caused some controversy. That is jockey Jorge Chavez, who finds his name among the finalists for this year's Hall of Fame. That has led many people voicing their dismay that Chavez could potentially find himself in the Hall of Fame before jockey Patrick Valenzuela, who is not on the ballot and not a member of the Hall of Fame. Tim, I'm going to come to you first. Wait for Nick Zito. Did the nominating committee get this one right or wrong? What do you think? Right or wrong? Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say right or wrong because both jockeys, I think, deserve to be in. But Patrick Valenzuela, you know, he's because he had so many problems on off the track, that's hurt him. It, uh, that, that has hurt him in his quest to be in the Hall of Fame. There's no question in my mind about that. I mean, if you compare Patrick and Jorge's careers, they're 
they're pretty even. I mean, um, Valenzuela's got 40, according to Equibate, has 4,372 wins. Uh, Chavez, 4526. Um, Chavez had a nine years shorter career. But, you know, grade one races, Chavez has 38, Valenzuela had 66, Patrick has 215 graded stakes, and um, Chavez has 196. You know, this. I don't understand. I do understand why he isn't on the ballot, but uh, I think it should all be. It should all come down to what you've done on the track. I think Chavez belongs in, but I think Valenzuela does too. Belong in, and and it's ridiculous that people are weighing what what happened off the racetrack. This isn't the Boy Scout Hall of Fame. What he did on the, his body of work between the rails deserves to be in for Pat. But so does Georgia. He deserves to be in. He had a great, like uh, Dave Gunning was preaching his, his, on the soapbox the other day, and I agree with him 100%. He, he dominated New York racing, the number one circuit, for six years as leading rider. He wins the Kentucky Derby. He deserves to be in. Whether it should be before or after Pat, then you could argue that. But they both deserve to be in, and Pat should be on the ballot. And uh, whoever there is, uh, the choir boy sitting up there deciding that his actions outside the racetrack to keep him out of the Hall of Fame ways to be kicked off the board. Dell, you mentioned the name Pete Rose, and this is a very similar situation. Now, Patrick Valenzuela wasn't betting on thoroughbred racing, at least that we know of, like Pete Rose was betting on baseball. But th- listen, Pete Rose is not getting in the Baseball Hall of Fame as the all-time hits leader because of what he did off the diamond, away from the ballpark. Same thing here. No, you know, jockeys can bet on themselves. And believe me, I knew Pete a little bit, and he he wasn't going to bet against himself in anything. And uh, so I'm saying he always bet on himself. And his, but that didn't have anything to do with how many hits he had. And uh, he was the hit king. He should be in the Hall of Fame too. So not a morality contest; it's an athletic contest. Yeah, Timmy, I, it, who is more deserving of being in the Hall of Fame? Looking just at their resumes, Pval maybe a few more big race wins than. Jorge Chavez, but as you pointed out, their total number of wins are very similar. Who's more deserving? If they were both on the ballot, you could only vote for one. Which one? Wow. And I do vote. Um, me too. I think I would vote for Valenzuela. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I think he deserves it. Uh, not that Jorge doesn't deserve to be in. I do think he does based on what he's accomplished, but uh, I, I think that P. Vale probably deserves a bit more just because he has more Breeders' Cup wins. He did a little bit better in the Triple Crown Series. Um, you know, it's not all based just on a win in the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, you got Breeders' Cup to wins, too. Valenzuela has seven Breeders' Cup wins. Chavez has two. Right. And, again, I, I'm not saying that Jorge Chavez, yeah, he belongs in the, in the Hall of Fame. And so does Valenzuela. And I still think Richard Migliori belongs in the Hall of Fame. You know, I played around a round of golf with Jorge Chavez once. It was a charity golf tournament, and I remember being paired with him, and he took out his driver. He was such a, uh, you know, jockeys get this stereotype of being very short. Well, Jorge Chavez is not a tall jockey, and he took out his driver. I think it was as, as big as he was, and my goodness, he hit it a ton. Yeah, I played with him quite a bit. He was really, he, he, that's why I'm last year at a charity tournament. You know, he won my first greatest stake I ever won. And it was the Paul Highway at Aqueduct. Really? Victor Avenue, Victor Avenue, yes. Wow. I still have the golf ball he autographed after that round. <laughs> cool. 
Did he put yeah. Chop Chop on it? No, he just went with he Jorge like Chavez. He did not like his nickname Chop Chop. <laughs> but that's what everyone knows him as. Yeah. Yep. Really, really cool guy. Those are Good interesting guy. topics. We're going to see how this plays out when the, the votes are tallied and, and uh, the announcement comes out. I guess what, Timmy, in April, correct? Yes. Yep. Yep. We'll see how this all plays out. Uh, one more topic to get to. Actually, there's three topics involved in this one. This is a brand new segment I wanted to introduce here this morning. It's called Who Did It Best? And you get to tell me. We're going to look back on history, and you're going to tell me which horses and which jockeys did it best in their careers. And we'll start with this one because it was on this day in 1940 in his final career start that Seabiscuit finally added a big cap win to his resume after failed attempts in both 1937 and 1938. It was also on this day in 1966 that five-time Horse of the Year Kelso wrapped up his brilliant career, finishing fourth at Hialeah Park. Seabiscuit retired with 33 wins from 89 starts, while Kelso retired with 39 wins from 63 career starts. Dale, I'm going to ask you, which legendary thoroughbred did it best? Well, you're splitting hairs, but if anybody, everybody likes horses, they've either read the book or seen the movie. Seabiscuit took over the whole country. And then that was probably the heyday of people watching and loving thoroughbred horse race and they said in that one year i forget which year it was he had more his name in print more than anything other subject in the in the whole entire country including the world war so you have to go with sea biscuit hey i was a fan of sea biscuit too but um you know sea biscuit's popularity and and you know he was a good horse you know bordering on great um but his popularity in the this generation basically came from the book and the movies and and all of that. But you know, Kelso Kelso was one of the all time greats. Um, you know, you don't win the horse theater five years in a row and not have some ability. And, and this this animal carried hundred and thirty pounds or more twenty four times. Um and he won thirteen of those races. It's uh, it's astounding of what he did during his career. Um, there's, you know, being a five-time horse of the year, there's no other horse has won it more than three times. So that's rarefied air, too. And I, rem- I still remember a quote from the great Joe Hirsch when he, when he wrote in the Daily Racing Forum. He once wrote, he said, once upon a time there was a horse named Kelso, but only once. And I've always remembered that. And I remember talking to Joe about Kelso and how great he was. And I'd go with Kelso on this one, even though I love Seabiscuit. Can't argue with it either way. No. no. Well, yesterday marked the anniversary of Hall of Fame jockey Pat Day becoming the sixth rider to reach $100 million in earnings. And, Dale, this one's going to hit home for you because I know you're very close with Pat Day. Tomorrow we're going to celebrate the anniversary of fellow Hall of Famer Bill Shoemaker becoming the first jockey in history to reach that $100 million plateau. So that also begs the question, who did it best, Pat Day or Bill Shoemaker? Dale, what do you think? Well, you know, I'm a Pat Day man all the way. Uh, I was never around Bill, I'll say that. And and he was at his peak a little before I was really keeping up with California racing. But if anybody ever did it better than Pat Day or ever does it in the future better than Pat Day, I want to be a part of that team. But so I'm saying, Pat. You know, this is another one where you can't have, you won't have a wrong answer. No, you don't. 
these guys, I mean, when their careers were finished, uh, Shoemaker, I mean, he's third all-time in wins with 8,833 wins. Pat Day is right behind with 8,803. Um, you know, you, you look at the the Shoemaker's accomplishments. I mean, he won the Derby four times. The first one was in 55. And then in 30 years later, he wins again in 86 with uh, Ferdinand. Pat Day has won the Preakness five times. So only Eddie Arcaro has won more than him. So those guys are a they're a dead heat in my opinion. I, you can't pick one. Uh, both in both and I cover both of them. Both class individuals. I, I couldn't pick one. All right, one more for you, and this is kind of a fun one to wrap it up. Uh, Timmy, last week you said that you used to enjoy when we would talk about you know different food topics, and I know some of our listeners had had emailed the show and said. You know, I love when Dale and Tim get into talking about their favorite foods. So here you go. Today is National Banana Banana Cream Pie Day, and it's also National Egg McMuffin Day. So, guys, who did it best? The inventor of banana cream pie or the person who came up with the Egg McMuffin? Timmy, what say you? Well, Ronald McDonald had to have invented the Egg McMuffin, right? (laughs) Maybe. I mean, I I would think that it's not. I'm sure it's not him. I think of banana cream pie, and I think of slapstick comedy, people throwing pies at each other and not eating them. I don't know if I've ever eaten a piece of banana cream pie, but I've had egg McMuffins. I'm going with McMuffins. Uh, I can't answer this question, and I'll explain later. (laughs) That's it? That's it? it. it. We're explaining off-air later? Is this it, Dale? No, my final thought. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. (laughs) That is coming up here momentarily. Timmy, I will say this. I agree wholeheartedly with you. I was never a fan of banana cream pie. I love Egg McMuffin, so I will choose the Egg McMuffin there and say that the Egg McMuffin did it best. I'll take the banana bread, though. Love banana bread. Yeah. Love banana bread. But I'm, I'm not big on bananas. I love bananas. Yeah, I like banana bread. I can't eat just plain bananas. Oh, you're going bananas, Mike. But I like them in a shake. Strawberry banana shake, smoothie. I'm okay with that. Go figure. (laughs) Yeah, I have issues. Plenty of food issues. We can get into that in future shows. There's no doubt about it. But we're running out of time. It is time for Dale and Tim to make their final point of the week. Dale, you can't keep us in suspense any longer. What is your final point of the week? My final point is I got a very embarrassing text from a very prominent person in this industry. I won't tell you who it is, but it's the CEO of Haitha that says she never misses our segment of the radio and she's never been bored in her life until last week when we talked about food. She said, please never talk about food again. Stick to horses. It was the most boring 10 minutes of the radio she's heard in a long time. So, Lisa, since you're CEO of our industry, I'm listening to you. I won't talk about food ever again. Those boys can talk all they want. Timmy, you you're fired as the me. producer. You gotta be kidding me, Dale. You're 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 kowtowing. To the boss, I'm kowtowing. <laughs> My goodness. I, I'm I'm stunned. Yeah. I'm stunned. <laughs> but that's not my final point. Hey, if you haven't had the opportunity, go to YouTube and look up Senior Buscador and Kelly Alvarado, the wife of Junior Alvarado. There's a video of her watching the Saudi Cup with her three kids back in the States. 
and they're looking like their 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 father and husband Junior Alvarado's riding Senior Buscador looked like he had no chance and they showed them just sitting there but then all of a sudden they erupt when uh, Senior Buscador gets up at the end it was it's an awesome video to watch uh, of the Alvarado family jumping for joy for Junior. Yeah, yeah I by saw the it. way, I it's want tremendous. to say congratulations to what a good man he is. Good jockey, underrated, good guy. Yep, tremendous there. That was a great video, Tim. That's a great call, great point of the week. And I, I just want to know if Lisa would prefer to go with the banana cream pie or the egg McMuffin. I'm sure she has an opinion on this. She can tweet to the show, she can email the show because I'm everybody everybody loves to talk about food. She's a loyal listener. So <laughs> Dale, you're never gonna talk about food again. Never. What if she gives you a special dispensation and allows you to do it? If she it? says it's all right, I will. <laughs> I think she should. Come on, Lisa. Let Dale talk about it. Let Dale talk about food. Let him eat cake. He can do that occasionally. Yeah, Guys, a little piece. I appreciate it. We're going to do it all over again next Saturday morning. We'll see if we're talking about food or not. But uh, enjoy the races this weekend, and we'll talk next Saturday morning. Sounds great. Thanks, pal. See you. If you have a topic you would like to hear Dale and Tim discuss, email that topic to me and let us know what you think about talking about food here on I Ask the Answer. This segment presented every single week by the University of Louisville Equine Industry Program and the College of Business. Not done yet. Back with more. This is the Equine Forum on the Horse Racing Radio Network, where racing comes to talk.